The St. Charles County Veterans Museum is a 501c3 nonprofit business. The museum would not exist without the donations of our generous community. Your donations ensure the museum continues to share and preserve the stories of our veterans. Would you like to be part of something special? To donate, visit sccvetsmuseum.org and click on Donate. This podcast is sponsored by the Renee S. Real Estate Agency, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri. She is licensed in Missouri and Illinois and focuses on your personal and commercial insurance needs. Her office is located at 2764 Highway K, O'Fallon, Missouri, 63368. She can be reached at 636-379-9556 or by email at reneesreeatallstate.com, R-E-N-E-E-E-S-S-A-R-Y at allstate.com. If you are shopping for insurance and want an active agent that will educate and advise you on the coverage you need, reach out to her. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only. The primary purpose of the Dog Tag Podcast is to educate. The views, information, or opinions expressed on the Dog Tag Podcast are solely the views of the individuals or guests involved and by no means represent absolute facts. The Dog Tag does not accept responsibility for their views or comments. Welcome to the Dog Tag Podcast at the St. Charles County Veterans Museum. Today in studio, we have two Blue Star members, Tracy Lee and Kathy Schulte. Thank you so much, Tracy and Kathy, for being in studio today. Now I'm going to kick it off to one of our hosts, Jim Higgins. Jim, go ahead and kick us off. Well, welcome, guys. It's uh, it's exciting for, to have you here. It's um, And, and i got to profess that just a matter of a couple months ago, I had no idea what a Blue Star mother even did. And I, I guess I was fortunate to be called to um, do a presentation at one of your meetings, and I learned a lot about you know what you guys do there. And I think you were putting together gift boxes for the troops there that particular night, which is just awesome. But there's a number of ways that you guys support our troops. Um, and then behind the scenes, you guys, of course, are fretting and worrying and, and doing all these other things. So it's a, it's a very tough job what you guys do for our troops um, and having one of your loved ones deployed makes it even tougher. So would you kind of go ahead and share with us what kind of is uh, on you guys plate and what you do as Blue Star Mothers? Uh, As a Blue Star Mom chapter, we try to support our active duty veterans and our Gold Star Moms and families um, while worrying about our own guys that are, and gals that are over there. And um, some of the things we do is send out uh, goodie boxes to them. They, there's nothing they like more than getting some home-baked cookies from mom at home that they can maybe share, maybe not. Um, for our veterans that are here stateside, we uh, collect up uh, goods for our food pantries that we uh, take down to the uh, the JB Food Pantry, that they distribute to veterans only. And then we also take things to uh, Jefferson Barracks uh, Hospital and Johnny Cochran Hospital for the inpatients there. If, um, if they need uh, toiletries or that kind of thing, we try to help them out with that. To the families who stay at the Fisher House, we take them goodies also because that is 100% subsidized. They have to pay nothing out of pocket to stay there while their loved one is hospitalized. And then 
Uh, we're just there as moral support to the Gold Star families to help them out. Um, we've taken Gold Star kids on a fun day out to let them have a good time and not worry about what has happened to their family member. Well, thank you, Kathy. The, the, I guess the other thing I should have asked is obviously you've got family members that have served, they're serving. Can you give us an idea who in your family that is? I'm the mother of a 13-and-a-half-year Army vet who is my son. And um, my son-in-law was a four-year veteran uh, in the Army. And I have another son-in-law who is still currently serving and stationed at Fort Hood. And Tracy, you've got two sons that are serving. Uh, yeah, I have an Army vet that was, um, he's back at home living his life. And then um, I have a Air Force son that's currently at the Davis Mothin in Arizona. And, and what's interesting about that is what Tracy, we've had conversations about this is, and, and Kathy, you'd probably say the same thing. When they're done serving, oftentimes the battle's still going on. And as a mother, a grandmother, or family member, there's different challenges once they do come home, isn't there? Absolutely. It's, um, a, it's a totally different battle. Yes. And it's probably a harder battle to watch them go through because some of them are so silent about it. And you really have to sidestep and um, be very cautious with your words because you don't want to set off a new trigger farm. So when I kind of was uh, preparing and looking at this and excited to meet you ladies, um, just had a couple of questions kind of about the Blue Star organization and to be a Blue Star mother. So is it only if your child is deployed overseas? No. you As long as they are signed up, they can be a Blue Star mom. Okay, so any mom, grandmother, et cetera, can join the Blue Star mother's chapter as long as that that member, that veteran, is, is in the military and serving. Not no. necessarily a grandmother. It's okay. It's definitely a mother. If if the grandmother raised the child, or a stepmother raised that child, then there's there is a protocol of getting them in. But as far as it's mostly just for the moms. And this starts the day they sign that dotted line. So if they're just now leaving for basic camp. You are already a Blue Star mom. And even if they don't stay, you're still a Blue Star mom. They served. They did their time. Okay, because that was my next question was, once they come back home, you can still continue to be a support for other moms that are now entering that chapter of their life and want to join that organization for some support. 100%. We, we are finding that the new moms that are joining are clinging to the older moms that know the protocol, that know, oh, my kids have basic training. What should I expect? They're a Navy. And then we try to connect them with maybe a Navy mom that has gone through that and has experienced, understands the lingo because, as you all know, like the lingo is different from <laughs> branch to branch. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Well, and then, you know, with a lot of volunteer organization, it seems to be those people that are retired that have the time to volunteer. But in an organization like yours, it's very mixed, I would think. 100%. 100%. And that's another good thing about us is that 
we we cling to those organizations that are definitely veteran or trying to help those that are veterans or helping the active duty. And we're definitely going to try to fundraise for them to try to help them get whatever they need to be successful. I know we had Jim that had come in and he had talked about the museum, which was a wonderful, I mean, I still get emotional when he talks. And then um, we just had the tiny houses. They're getting ready to build 50 houses down by the downtown uh, off of Grand. And listening to her talk yesterday, like, they're the same thing. They they don't say no to a veteran. And it's inspiring. You guys, you guys are inspiring us to do better. Well, I think it's a wonderful organization that can include so many moms um, and help give them that peace of mind and that camaraderie on their own, that they're not alone and they're not going through this alone. Because like you said, when the veteran comes home, a lot of times they don't want to talk about it. And as a mom... That's not in our DNA. <laughs> but we tend to grill them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And so we got to work through that process of, of how do, you know, how do you make that happen? And I'm sure we're, you know, you're going to mess up at least once or twice or five times, uh, all out of love, of course, for your child. I get told to shut up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> My son's just said, you don't want to know, really. You really don't want to know what we see and do there. So um, when he tells me that, I tend to just back off. I figure when he's ready, he'll talk. Well, thank you guys so much for investing everything that you have invested so far. I have a question for you guys. I'm assuming that you get to know a lot of the veterans just by interacting or or the moms. Um, And tell us about those relationships that you've built with the, within the within the group and how that has uh, motivated you to keep going. Um, one of my favorite groups to work with is the Gold Star Moms. It's a very different relationship. These moms' children have given the ultimate sacrifice, and when you attend these funerals, it is one of the hardest things you ever have to do in your life because I'm of the opinion no parent should ever have to bury their child. And when you go to these funerals and see these parents, they're just totally broken down over the loss of their child. And these kids are really heroes that have gone over there and given you know their lives for this country. So that's one of my pets to go to all the time and support these moms and all they ever want you to do is talk about their children they don't want their child to be forgotten so that's um, a big thing to me that when we go out to the cemetery as I walk through the cemetery no matter whose name is on that headstone I speak that name because once you quit saying the name they're gone forever Mm-hmm. Tracy, what about you? What What are some of your favorite parts of relationships you've, you've developed? For me, I like when I like when we're at the meeting, and I we have a, and I'm sure you witnessed this, Jim. We go around and we introduce ourselves at every meeting, whether we've been sitting there and have been 
sharing or have been talking about business or whatever it is, we know your face, but we're still going to introduce and we're always going to have, as as I have become the president, I have started like putting a little thing like last year we or at the beginning of the year we did like a New Year's Eve resolution. And to hear the ladies give me feedback on what they're expecting from this group was very rewarding for me. And um, so I've developed a lot of good, nice, and wonderful relationships, but I've also gained a couple really close relationships with other branches that I never thought that I would have. (laughs) You know, you're supposed to say within your branch, of course. So um, that's probably my most rewarding thing is just being in the here and the now and being with the active and the veterans and just figuring out a way to support them and make things easier for them. So that's what I find the most rewarding. That's a great point. You know, there's there's kind of a unwritten kind of law or rule or, or saying that the best therapy for a veteran is talking to another veteran, right? But I'm going to guess that at the, the meetings you guys have, you know, the best therapy for you guys and to help you is just talking to the other members. And and that probably is the, one of the best benefits of being in, in the group, right? For me, 100%, because I walked into this group, like a lot of times you're invited into the group or somebody will say, hey, have you thought about joining the Blue Star Moms? For me, like I started Googling and I, like I wanted a group in Missouri. I wanted somebody that had experienced what I have experienced. I did not get that when my first son went in, and I didn't want to not have it when my second kid went in, especially when we didn't think that he was going to go in. So for me, having the opportunity to find this group and walk in with my little bag of JB groceries and take them in and be like, here, I'm here to help, and the next thing you know, you're president of the group, you know. So <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I got this, you know. And then to have the support back to say, you got this, that was amazing for me. I wholeheartedly agree with uh, Tracy on that point. Um, when I entered the group eight years ago, my son had already been in for several years. And I was totally lost when he went in. I knew nothing. I had no one to ask questions of. And um, a girlfriend of mine called me one day, and she said, hey, I have this group you need to come join. She was an Air Force mom, and um, we'd been friends since early high school days. And I said, okay, tell me where, when. I showed up, and I was like, okay, I can do this. I feel the camaraderie after one meeting. I felt like no matter what I asked, they'd already lived it. They had an answer for me. And they really calmed my nerves at the time, which was great for me. So um, I think it's just one of the best things because no matter what you're experiencing, there's someone else in the group who's already been there, and they can bring you down off that wall. Well, Kathy and Tracy, there's generally I believe that the public does not understand PTSD. Absolutely. And I think there's a misunderstanding from several perspectives on it. I've 
heard somebody say he wasn't boots on the ground, so he doesn't have PTSD. And there's there's all kind of stress disorders that our service men and women face when they come home. And I, I guess was that your first inclination, Tracy, that you kind of felt like you needed a little bit of help to understand what was going on? Was was PTSD one of the reasons that you needed you felt like you needed to understand that a little bit more? I think for for me, definitely. Like it's like it's not spoken of. Even I think sometimes as a mom, we don't want to talk about it. Because we don't want our kid to have it. I mean, who who wants to watch your child suffer through that? I know for me, I when my son came home from he served over in Korea, and later on we found that there was a couple times that and he he was on the line, and a couple times he went over to Afghanistan and he came back and you know he would call me on the satellite phone and. Be like, Mama, you know, I'm having a hard day. Or, hey, Mom, can you just talk to me for a few minutes? And at the time, in that moment, I didn't understand it. I didn't know what he was trying to convey or what he was trying to get from me for him to feel safe. So um, I know we're getting ready to do a 22-strong walk, and it does hit my heart very strongly because my son does suffer from it. Has he ever been diagnosed with it? No, but the signs are there, like when you drink and when you smoke and you have the fun smoke that you're doing as well. You know, like, it's there. Like, he's covering up. He has the night terrors. He has the sweats. He, you know, as he's out of the service and the longer he goes, yeah, the easier it gets, but it's still there. It's still there in that moment. And how do you fix it? and address it if they don't even want to talk about it. You know, I mean, a big impact this week was is that we read the blue to gold names, and five of them committed suicide off of one submarine. Five. That's And they're all in their 20s. How do you start talking about it publicly and getting these soldiers the help that they need and allowing, like, they're not allowed to reach out. They're not allowed to reach out and go, hey, Master Sergeant, I'm having a rough day. I'm having all this go through me, and I don't know how to deal with it. Like, it's so impactful, and sometimes, like, we need to, give them the help that they need once they're out and while they're in there and not let them be afraid to ask for that help. It's, it's just, we as a society definitely need to start talking about it. And, of course, as a parent, you know, we're responsible. You know, we feel helpless, and we just don't know where to turn. So, Kathy, do you have any input? I think there's such a stigma associated with PTSD, that a lot of people are afraid to talk about it, are afraid to admit that they're having any type of issue. But And it doesn't take a lot to trigger these guys. But 
once again, like Tracy was saying, you know, the night terrors, the, you know, loud noises going off, and you see them jump a mile in the air, and, you know, you wouldn't think that would, that would happen. The fireworks. And the fireworks are awful. Attending a military funeral where they shoot the guns, those guys just almost come out of their skin when those guns go off because it's taking them back to the war. So it's just a difficult situation, and I think the help needs to start while they're serving. If they've been through any uh, interactions where there's been gunfires, a buddy has been killed, um, anything of that nature, they need to start immediately then with the help for them instead of letting them get so bad that then we have the 22 a day who are committing suicide when they didn't need to, you know, do that if they possibly had the proper help. I'm not saying it will do away with it because that's just unrealistic, but I think we need to do more for them in advance rather than after. Well, you take young kids away from everything that they've known and away from their families, away from their city, and all the experiences they're, they're used to, and you put them in a place where all of a sudden they are fighting for their life or their friends' lives, or they're just somewhere that they haven't been before, and uh, it creates a lot of emotional stress and distress sometimes. So, you know, <clears throat> I can I can only imagine how they would get, uh, you know, PTSD and the effects of that. Have you guys done anything... Um, as a support uh, around PTSD for the for the members of the of the Blue Star uh, mothers, where you guys get maybe some counseling, a group counseling, or anything like that, or is that a thing? Or we've never done anything as far as counseling, but we do support the uh, groups who do provide that information. Um, like Tracy was saying, the twenty two uh, walk is coming up in September. We support that. Big time. Um, I'm also in contact with um, a group called Warhawk, and they provide service dogs for people with PTSD. <clears throat> so if it's out there and it has anything that's going to support a veteran or an active duty, I'm all for it. I would rather give to that than give to some other you know, options out there um, because I'm very big for the military. So tell us a little bit about what a typical meeting looks like. Do you guys meet a week, every month? Do you um, have a, a phone chain and there's all sorts of calling and committee work? I mean, tell us about the the structure of the organization. It's like a whole bunch of monkeys in a circus. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all trying to figure out what we're doing. But no, um, I definitely, we we do meet once a month. So we are definitely like we have our board, you have your president, your VPs, and your financial, and then we have our members. And everything that we discuss at a board meeting, we will take back to the membership and have discussion and find out where they're passionate at, what they want to support, that kind of stuff. Um, Our meetings are once a month, and then we try to have socials throughout the month. And that's basically just to kind of get together and support each other because that's what we're trying to do. I mean, that's the majority of our focus is just supporting each other. 
like if we have a member that's having a bad day or she doesn't understand something, like we're going to rally around that that mom and make sure that they feel love or they feel the support that they need. So, absolutely. So, who are some of the uh, speakers, some of the favorite speakers that you've brought in to help and assist you guys in supporting one another? Jim, of course. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, Jim is one. Um, the PGR came and spoke to us one time and told us about their role with supporting um, veterans out there. PTR? PGR. Oh, PGR. Patriot Guard Riders. Perfect. And um, let's see, who else have we had? Um, the, the Tiny Homes uh, was great. We learned so much from her and the things that they do. Um, the hospitals here in St. Louis really need help. They need a lot of volunteers and all that to help with the patients. And they've come out to get more volunteers to come in and help. And you have to go through a process to get there. They don't let just anybody walk in and, and help off the streets. Um, we one had of our, our, one of our own Blue Star moms actually spoke about her uh, son having an accident and how her daughter came out and helped. Her daughter was the one that was serving and came out of her service to help at home. There's not a dry eye in that one. No. For sure. And the, the veteran outreach group um, that I know, they've come out and they explain to us to help us know what options are out there. There are so many options that you really have to dig to find them. And it's very beneficial to know that they're available so that when the time comes, you've got something in your back pocket to go back and look up and use. Renee asked about the the kind of how the meetings were. And I guess what I'm hearing is these meetings are very therapeutic for you guys. Very much so. And, you know, of course, how do you help a veteran? A veteran talks to another veteran, but only another mother would know what you guys are experiencing, right? So it's kind of the same thing. Now, the other thing I guess that I don't quite understand is, and I might be naive, but I think the PTSD and the number of, of, of people struggling with it nowadays, it's going up. And it's because of the types of service. Um, I, I said the words earlier, boots on the ground. It's not limited to boots on the ground. I was made aware of a man that served 20 years on a submarine, 18 years underwater, doing drills on a daily basis, thinking he was going to shoot missiles. And he became conditioned so badly to this adverse atmosphere that, you know, he struggled when he came home. So it's not about somebody pointing a gun at somebody. It's there's, And I think there's far more, there's not much recognition of it. Frankly, I don't think the VA is doing much to help. They're prescribing drugs quite a bit still. So do you see a lot of younger spouses, uh, mothers joining your group and coming forward? I would hope that if it is on the rise that you're seeing more members joining you for that reason. I mean, think about all those kids that are in the service right now that are doing IT. What do you think they're doing? They're they're hacking into computers, learning how to do that, flying drones. They they may not even know who they're they're taking out with a drone. 
I mean, I couldn't imagine that impact that it would have. And I mean, my question would be is why is PTSD so prevalent with this younger war than maybe a past war like Vietnam or um, the Korean War? Like, I don't understand what's happening with our kids that make our kids so more susceptible to the PTSD. I don't, I, that's what I don't understand. I think that today's world, with all the new communications and all the internet and all that, it makes it more known and they find out more about it and we find out more about it. And then I think the um, news media like to sensationalize so many things. And because it's looked at as a bad thing, they don't want to be associated with having something bad, so they just tend to sweep it under the rug. And then when something happens and it comes out, it makes it worse. Um, My father-in-law served in World War II, and he never spoke of it, never spoke of what happened when he was there. So... um, we have found photo albums now that we've gone back and looked, but he wasn't even in real war zone. So, you know, it's a different thing, but he wouldn't t- tell us that anything bad that went on, nothing. Well, and I think, too, <clears throat> we, don't, uh, we don't address mental health in many instances in our society. Um, and surely in the military it's even more difficult to get the help when you need it because it could take you out of your mission. You know, you're there for a purpose. You've trained for it. You're, you're longing to be a part of it in a way. And then if you've got a mental issue that you're dealing with, that could stop you, you know, that can pull you right out. Um, or it can take you away from those of your buddies that you're there to support and want to be a part of, you know. So, you know, I think in, like you were saying, you know, in previous years or wars, um, those guys came back and they had to just flip a switch. Some were successful at it. Some weren't. Some medicated and self-medicated with alcohol and drugs. But because we know more about that now and the information is out there and we know that these things exist, it makes it a little bit um, more apparent you know, that, okay, they're going through, but they're still not the programs that we need to help. So, um, and I think by having our moms being supported, even if it's a difficult relationship with your child, at least you have some place to go to help as much as you can. You know, you can't make those decisions for your kids. I mean, I wish I could make all my kids' decisions. <laughs> and I wish they would follow them. <laughs> hint, hint, those of you listening. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, at least at giving you a place, you know, we've talked with some people before when they, when the the grandfather or the father was at war, he wouldn't talk with the daughter, but he talked with the daughter's husband and told the experiences and the things that he went through now leaving that on this son-in-law who almost had some PTSD from, you know, he had some real issues with 
the things that his father-in-law passed on down to him, that he knew about him, that he couldn't tell his wife. You know, so I think communicating is one way to start all this. Oh, I agree 100%. I know as I know you were asking about are we seeing younger moms coming in and I don't think I'm hoping that more moms do come in. I am I hope that they are reaching out and wanting to come in. I mean, unfortunately like the age group in which that are going in right now are probably around my age. So, um you know, you have your 20-year-old that's getting ready to go in and experience that life for the first time. And I know when my son went in, he came back and he talked about it. And the, the moms that I talked to, his friends joined. And then they his mom was like, I don't know if I'm ready to join into something that I don't understand fully. So I, I keep encouraging her. And, and eventually I think that she'll come around and she'll want to know and have that camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so, I mean, it's a work in progress. Well, I think. And, and I guess what you're saying in a way, there's sort of a tipping point there. They're not talking about it. They don't know there's a problem. And then, bam, it hits you in the forehead maybe one day. Yeah. And, I, I know for me it, it was sitting back when he came back and watching him interact, and I was – just it was different. It was a, it was just different, and he didn't change that much. He changed, but in my head, I kept on thinking, "Oh, it, he's just got to process it. He's just got to deal with it." And then, as the stories came out, and he was telling my husband, and he was telling my father, and they were giving me bits that I knew, but I didn't know, and I didn't want to know. Um, I just wanted him to feel safe. That was my thing. Like, for me, it was feeling safe. Like, are you going to be okay? Like, when you move into this apartment for the first time and you're by yourself, are you going to be okay? Do I need to move in with you and sleep in the bedroom next door and hold your hand when you start screaming out? Like, I will do whatever you need me to do. But it... I think, like you said, it's just about feeling safe, like knowing that you have people around you that love you. And and the same for you. Yeah, I need I needed that, and I didn't get it the first time, but I'm getting it now that my youngest is in. Mm-hmm. I'm getting it now. And I think it's important for us to have these discussions about this because I don't think a lot of people know that organizations like this even exist. You know, they're so excited um, or terrified that their high school graduate is now joining the military and they're going to basic training to see their graduation and then they go to tech school and everything's kind of a big fanfare. And then six months later, they're out of tech school and they're being deployed somewhere and now mom is back at home sitting, fretting, worrying and doesn't have her own support group. I know my husband would tell me, he would tell me, hey, did you see this on the news? Did you did you see Korea on the news? Did you did you see what Korea's doing today? And I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Do I need, like, I don't need to hear what's happening in the news. 
Like, I need to know that my kid is safe. I don't, like, stop. I need for you to just take a pause and step back and understand that that's not what I need. And then when my son went in this time, my youngest, I said, we're not talking about the news today. <laughs> we're not talking about it. And he'll go back and he'll watch his CNN in the back. Like, yeah. no, we're not. I, I don't need to know. I don't want to know. I just need to know the safe, safeness of them. Mm-hmm. So if, if somebody is looking for an organization like this to join a mother, how do they know, how would they know where to go to find the, the resource that you guys are? And how do they connect with you guys for that resource? The uh, Blue Star Mothers of America is our head umbrella, and we are nationwide. Uh, Blue Star Mothers was started back in 1942, I believe it was. But then we were chartered by Congress in 1960, which made us a very legal binding 501c group with the whole sole purpose of supporting active duty veterans and Gold Star families. And that's pretty much the concept across the country. There's now, I think, 200 chapters across the United States. And they have on their page, their uh, website, a map. And it shows you with the red dot where there are chapters across the U.S. There's five chapters here in Missouri. Um, we are Gateway Blue Star Mothers here in St. Louis vicinity. There's one in Lincoln County. There's one down by Columbia, Missouri, one in Springfield, and one in Green County. And then there's one out um, closer to Kansas City. So they're out there. You just have to find them. Um, We have been working towards um, talking to the recruiters for them to give the information to all these new recruits coming in to tell their mom, there's a support group out there for you. Because you'll sit down in a conversation and a mom whose child is just going off to college and they're boohooing because their baby's leaving home, but they're going to be home next weekend, for gosh sakes, because they're coming home to do their laundry. When your child goes in the military, you may not see them for six months. We have a mom who hasn't seen her child in over four years. So it's a much different situation than the norm. And people don't get it unless they're living it. We also have a Facebook page. So you could go out a, a public page where you can actually, actually reach out through the instant messages through Facebook. What's the Facebook page name? Gateway Blue Star Mothers. And then, um, like she said, just the Blue Star Moms will get you to us, too. Awesome. So if a mom were to go on Facebook and find out that there's a meeting coming up, they can just show up to a meeting. They don't have to be invited or have any special permission or anything. They can just show up as a visitor. and Yeah, there's a process. So basically, they would ask to become a member, and we have a list of questions that we ask like you have to have somebody in the military that type of thing and then um we do have dues that they would have to pay to national and then um yeah then we accept them into the group and they're part of the the monkeys in the zoo (laughs) (laughs) and then so you kind of told us a little bit about some of the things that organizations or or events that you support 
Um, so does the the membership as a whole kind of choose, uh, you know, like you're doing the 22 Strong Walk? Is that something that you guys, you know, tell us some about some of those events or, or other organizations that you fundraise for? So right now we're... Right now, we did fundraise for the 22 Strong, and that walk is going to be happening. That They're asking for volunteers, and then they also are asking for donations. And typically, we would go around and we would ask for donations. We would, That's how we were going to support them. Um, we'll work the stops. They'll have four stops. Um, 22 miles, you definitely need a drink, that's for sure. <laughs> a little Gatorade or something. And... Then we're also thinking about doing something with the tiny homes. We just haven't gotten that quite organized yet. Um, We're getting ready to do some more boxes. We're going to send some over to Poland. And then we're, there was somewhere else. Oh, we're going to send some, just some cards out to the uh, ship that we were talking about that had the five suicides on there just to uplift them and, let them know that there's people out there that care about them and want to make sure that they're safe. Those are a few of the things. We have some other things. want to work with the museum about doing a 5K with you guys and trying to get that organized. Um, so we have a lot of little things in, in the works. Basic, I mean, a lot of time, like um, Kathy was talking about going to the recruiter's office, that was like, my big thing like I wanted to get in there and get those recruiters because a lot of those kids may go in and not have a support system so that was another big thing like I wanted to make sure that they had somebody that knew that cared about them because I know when I tapped my son out there's a lot of times there's not a parent standing there Mm -hmm. and that was very difficult for me. So if I have to go to a graduation, I'll be happy to go to a graduation. You just need to let me know and I'll be there. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's it's definitely we're here to support them and to support the other groups as well. But in the same sense, we're supporting each other. Well, and I think, too, you've got that support amongst other mothers. And then you can pick that additional thing to kind of work on to maybe get your mind off of some of that stuff a little bit because sometimes a busy mind is is a well mind is a happy mind whereas an idle mind can go into a lot of different places so i'm thinking back you know i'm really old to begin with okay and i'm thinking (laughs) back crumpled cookies in a box and by the time they get delivered but this is this is a new age i mean they're probably getting this stuff pretty quick from you guys though and they're probably really happy to get that, you know, because sometimes you don't get those things overseas, right? That's right. Um, a lot of people don't understand that their availability to some products is pretty slim. Um, my son was very happy when every other week he got a new pack of baby wipes because he was in the desert and it was hot and they didn't get to shower every single day. So that, you know, was a big thing. Hot sauce. Because MREs aren't the greatest, and hot sauce make them better, is what he told me. So um, things like that, it sounds kind of silly. But when I would talk to my son, if he had a buddy who was seeing zero packages, that kid got a package the next time I sent one out of his own that he didn't have to share with anybody if he didn't want to. But I wanted to make sure 
he knew there was somebody out there who cared. And so many of them over there have no one. It's very amazing. And when we send out our care packages, we ask people, if you know someone and they need a care package, tell us. We will make sure they get a care package. That, that last set of care packages that we did, we actually sent them out to our kids, but then we we made a plan that we were going to send out 100 boxes, and only 40 boxes went out to our kids. And we were like, well, where are we going to send the other boxes? So we found a reserve unit up in Washington, and they actually took all the rest of those boxes. And the um, coordinator at that location sent out an email and said it showed up right before Easter, and there were tons of kids that were so excited that they had something for Easter. So that's what makes us happy. That's what fuels us. That's what keeps us going. If there's any companies out there that have little things that go in a care package, can they get a hold of you and help you? Absolutely. We take support from anybody who's willing to help us. And a lot of people don't know about us, not just companies, but people in general. So the more we can get the word out there about us and our mission, that we are out there to help every kid in the service, whether they're currently serving or they're a veteran. We want to make sure that they are cared for for as long as possible. And once they're there, they're our kid too. It doesn't matter who their parents really are. They're ours. And we claim each other's kids, you know, if so. A mom is having a problem and, you know, I don't know what to do with Johnny, then tell Johnny to call me. I'll send him a note. You know, <laughs> it's it's just how it is. It's a, We call it a sisterhood of moms that are out there to protect um, the military. Well, thank you so much, guys, uh, Tracy and Kathy, for being in the studio with us today. Before we sign off, I just want to give uh, anybody who has anything else they want to talk about before we sign off an opportunity. So does anybody have anything else they want to add before we do sign off? I just want to take a moment and say thank you for inviting us in. Um, for, uh, for me, I know personally, just talking about my kid, talking about what we do makes my heart happy. So thank you for that. And thank you for listening. I like, I like to see that we got an army of sisters out there ready to support and to be there for our kids. I think that's so important. So I just am really amazed at what you guys are doing. I wasn't, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't aware of that. And when I joined the military, I know my mom didn't know that. So um, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. I want to second what um, Tracy said because, like I said, when my son went in the military 13 and a half years ago, I had no idea that this group existed. And when I found it, it really did lighten my the load on my heart that I knew there was some help out there for him and other guys just like him. So we appreciate the help, and we appreciate the call out to people to let them know that we exist. And we are standing there with open arms for anybody to come Join us and, you know, help us in our mission. All right. We're going to go ahead and sign off the Dog Tag Podcast from the St. Charles County Veterans Museum.
Join us next time on the Dog Tag Podcast from the St. Charles County Veterans Museum as we discuss the Korean War. The Korean War was one of the deadliest wars in modern history. The scale of the devastation shocked and disgusted the American military personnel who witnessed it, including some who had fought in the most horrific battles of World War II. Many combat soldiers that served in Korea later said, Korea was worse than hell. We'll have in studio Terry Bryant, a Korean War veteran and State Korean War Association commander, along with United States Marine veteran Harry Hope, who is at the Hosen Reservoir. The Dog Tag is brought to you by the St. Charles County Veterans Museum. The museum is a 501c3 nonprofit business. Do you like our podcast? With your support, we'll continue to bring you great programming. If you'd like to donate, go to sccvetsmuseum.org and click on Donate. This podcast is sponsored by the Renee S. Real Estate Agency, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri. She is licensed in Missouri and Illinois and focuses on your personal and commercial insurance needs. Her office is located at 2764 Highway K, O'Fallon, Missouri, 63368. She can be reached at 636-379-9556 or by email at Renee at allstate.com, R-E-N-E-E-E-S-S-A-R-Y at allstate.com. If you are shopping for insurance and want an active agent that will educate and advise you on the coverage you need, reach out to her.